We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on everybody welcome back to the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl thanks so much for joining me today we have one topic and one topic only today and that is brian gudikins more specifically how Brian Gutekunst has done as a talent evaluator, as GM of the Packers, when it comes to the NFL draft. It seems crazy that we have five years of drafts for Brian Gutekunst already. This will be his sixth NFL draft upcoming, and we have quite a bit of data to go off of. Now, a couple of these more recent drafts are certainly still incomplete, and we don't know exactly what some of these players are going to become, but We do have quite a bit of information, and it does allow us to go sort of position by position, round by round, look at some of his trades, his key hits, some of his key misses, and just sort of take a look at what he's done, again, as a talent evaluator and as an overall drafter through five drafts so far. My goal today isn't necessarily to lead you in one direction. I don't have the ability, unfortunately, uh, to go through all 32 teams over the past five years and say, well, team A did this, and this is what their ROI has been, and team B did this, and and then compare Green Bay to all other 32 teams. I would love to do that. It's just not super feasible uh, for me, unfortunately, to be able to do that. 
But what we can do is take a look at exactly what Brian Gutekinds has done and just look at some of the good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, and see kind of how he's performed as GM of the Packers. Now, a couple things here. The first thing that's worth noting is that this is a draft and develop franchise, right? They put a ton of stock into young players, into developing those players, into really building the team through the draft. Now, that hasn't been entirely Brian Gutekind's MO. It's not like he is Ted Thompson and it's almost draft and draft only. He has supplemented through free agency and some trades as well, um, you know, finding guys off a of practice squad, those sort of things. But for the most part, this has been still a draft and develop team. So it is incredibly important for Green Bay, if they're going to continue to operate that way, that they have really good success when it comes to the NFL draft. Secondly, is that this hasn't been, while there have certainly been quite a few picks in the first round that have been later in the draft, it hasn't entirely been the case where Green Bay is just picking 30th every single year, anything like that. In fact, Brian Gutekinds has had pick 18, pick 12, pick 21, 26, 29, 22, and 28. All right, so he's had two picks in the top 20, pick 18, pick 20, uh, excuse me, pick 18 and pick 12, pick 21 and 22, you know, just outside of the 20s. But also note here, in five years, he's had seven first round picks. So it's not like he's had a complete dearth of draft capital and some seasons he's picking with three or four picks. He's had a lot of draft capitals in every a draft capital in every single one of these years, and has had at least eight picks in every single draft that he has been a part of. Has had at least one first rounder in every single draft that he has been a part of, and in two drafts has had two first rounders. So he has had some significant draft capital to work with. So again, keep that in mind as we're going through this. So five years of draft history. Let's start off position by position. So let's start off at quarterback. So Brian Gutekinds has drafted one quarterback. You of course know who that is. That is Jordan Love. He has spent a first round pick on one quarterback. Jordan Love moved up to go and get him, but that's it. So it's very tough to evaluate this front office and Brian Gutekinds as evaluators of talent at the quarterback position because he's only selected one. It was a massive home run swing. We have no idea yet if he connected on that home run swing or not and only time is going to tell. So only one quarterback spent a first round pick and has Jordan Love to show for it with no, almost no ROI up until this point. That could change, that hopefully changes, but we just don't know as of yet. All right, let's take a look at the running back position. He spent a second round pick, a sixth round pick, and a seventh round pick on the running back position. So three picks, second, sixth, and seventh. And he has AJ Dillon, Kylan Hill, and Dexter Williams as his three selections. Please note this isn't necessarily in order of like the second, sixth, and seventh. This is in order of like talent and, and like how good of a player they are. So the second, sixth, and seventh that ends up as AJ Dillon, Kylan Hill, and Dexter Williams. Note Kylan Hill, Dexter Williams no longer on the roster. It's a sixth and a seventh round pick, so it's nothing egregious at that point in the draft. The second round pick though, AJ Dillon, kind of a polarizing player in some capacity, right? I don't think anyone's arguing that A.J. Dillon is a bad player. In fact, I think everyone would argue A.J. Dillon's a pretty darn good player, but he's been primarily a number two running back. He hasn't been dynamic slash explosive, and he kind of needs a lot of carries to get going, not only throughout the season, but in a game-to-game -game basis, and he doesn't always have that with Aaron Jones on the roster. He's not, you know, while I think he didn't get any of the credit that he deserved for being able to catch the ball out of the backfield, it's not like you can line him up as a slot guy or out wide and he's going to win against a corner, or a linebacker, or a safety, etc. right? 
He can catch a swing pass out of the backfield. He can catch a screen pass. He can catch a, a dump off pass or a check down in the middle of the field. He has great hands, but he's not a route runner, right? And as much of like the power back that he is, he's not exactly this demolishing Mike Allstott, Jerome Bettis, like just guy that's just running over players constantly. He's good. He's a good back, but you're not sure if Green Bay truly got their ROI on a second round pick for AJ Dillon. But again, that's another conversation for another day. He spent a second, a sixth, and a seventh. Has AJ Dillon left to show for it? He drafted Kylan Hill and Dexter Williams as well. Wide receiver for all the Green Bay doesn't spend anything on wide receiver. They actually spent a second round pick, a third round pick, a fourth round pick, a fourth round pick, a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick, and a seventh round pick. So it's not like Brian Gutekunst has avoided the wide receiver position at, at all, like completely, right? And he has put some resources into this position. Now, what does he have to show for it? Christian Watson. All right, that seems good. Romeo Dobbs. All right, good. MVS, which was no question about a fifth round pick, very good pick. He just unfortunately just won a Super Bowl with Kansas City, not with Green Bay. Equinemius St. Brown was uh, basically like a starting receiver for the Bears last year. Samore Toure, Amari Rogers, Jamon Moore, and that's it. So a couple key misses, Amari Rogers and Jamon Moore. Toure to be determined. EQ didn't really work out in Green Bay. MVS worked out for a fifth round pick and then got a big deal to go to KC. And then Dobbs looked good last year, but TBD and Christian Watson looked really freaking good. Tight end, only two picks. Both of them third rounders. One of them, Josiah Deguara, still on the roster. The other one, Jay Sternberger, not still on the roster. So two top 100 picks. One on Sternberger, one on Deguara, both tight ends, Deguara, H-back, fullback, tight end, whatever you want to call them, but not great ROI on two top 100 picks there. Sternberger never worked out, and Deguara still is working to find his niche in this offense and what exactly he can do to help this offense be a little bit more productive. He just hasn't been that guy so far. Offensive tackle is pretty interesting as well. I put Zach Tom on this list. If you wanted to put him on the interior list, you could do that, but I'm right now I'm putting him at tackle. I'm saying they spent a fourth round pick and a seventh round pick on offensive tackle, and that's it. Both last year, Zach Tom and Rasheed Walker. And this is mostly TBD, right? Like Zach Tom looked really, really good in you know short stints last year, got up, got the opportunity to start. I think he has the ability to be a true starting offensive tackle in this league, potentially a pretty darn good one. But you know, he's going to have to continue to improve, put on functional strength, etc. But that looks like a very good pick by Brian Gutekunst. Rashid Walker, TBD, flyer, seventh round pick, doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot, but kind of surprising that they've only spent two picks in five years at the offensive tackle position. Meanwhile, interior offensive line, by far and away, the most draft picks that they've spent. They spent a second, a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, and four sixth round picks. On, in, on the interior of the offensive line. Now, if you wanted to, like Cole Madison is one of these, Was he was drafted as a tackle, but he was never going to be a tackle. He basically was at guard immediately. So I put him on the interior. Yeah, I think that's probably the only one that you could really argue uh, was maybe, I guess Cole Van Landen would be another. He was drafted as a tackle, but immediately moved inside as well. So I would put all of these guys on the interior, but uh, again, second, second, third, fourth, fifth, and fourth, sixth. And they have Elton Jenkins, John Runyon Jr., that sounds like a really good start. Josh Myers, it's still early on Myers, but not great ROI so far. Royce Newman, not terrible for a fourth rounder, depth piece, but he hasn't been good either. Sean Ryan, not great so far. Jake Hansen, 
for a sixth round pick, you got a couple years out of him, no big deal. Cole Van Landen, you were actually able to trade him for a seventh round pick, so no harm, no foul. Cole Madison was a bust, and partly due to some personal circumstances, of course. And then Simon Stepaniak was a complete bust as well. So Jenkins, John Rennie Jr., Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Sean Ryan, Jake Hansen, Cole Van Lannan, Cole Madison, and Simon Stepaniak. All right, let's move to the defensive side of the ball, and let's go defensive line. They have spent a first-round pick, two fifth-round picks, and two seventh-round picks on the defensive line. What do they have to show for it? Devontae Wyatt, of course, TBD, not sure what he's going to be quite yet. TJ Slayton, what seems like a very nice fifth-round pick. Kingsley Kiki had some ups and downs before just getting outright released. I, don't, I still don't know that we know the entire story of why Kiki was released, but that was an interesting one. Then Jonathan Ford in the seventh round, and then James Looney in the seventh round, who converted to tight end and then got cut and never really did anything. So Wyatt, Slayton, Kiki, Ford, and James Looney. On the edge, they spent a first round pick, a fifth round pick, and two seventh round picks. So very similar to the defensive line. Defensive line was a first, two fifths, and two sevenths. Edge was a first, a fifth, and two sevenths. So on the edge, Rashawn Gary, that's a good first round pick. Kingsley Kiki, that's a heck of a fifth round pick. Jonathan Garvin and Kendall Donerson. Garvin, for a seventh round pick, he stood, you know, stuck around for three years. He's been really bad, but like at least you got three years out of a seventh round pick. And then Kendall Donerson just never really amounted to anything. Um, but yeah, that's where they were for edge rusher. Gary Inigbari, both really good picks. Inside linebacker, first round pick, third round pick, fifth round pick, sixth round pick, and seventh round pick. Actually, have put pretty decent resources into inside linebacker. They have Quay Walker, Isaiah McDuffie, Ty Summers, not a terrible special teams player. Oren Burks, pretty much a, a bust of a third round pick. And then Kamal Martin, a complete bust that got released, what, in year two, I want to say? So some ups and downs. I have more questionable inside linebacker picks. Isaiah McDuffie looks actually pretty darn good for a six round pick special teams guy, depth piece at inside linebacker. Summers gave you a couple years. Burks was mostly a bust. Martin's a bust. Quay Walker, TBD. Corner. Jair Alexander, beautiful first round pick and how he maneuvered to get him. We'll talk about more in just a moment, but that was a phenomenal pick. His best pick as, a, as GM of the Packers and ironically enough, his first pick as GM of the Packers. Eric Stokes, really nice first year, really rough second year, TBD on him. Josh Jackson, total bust as a second rounder. Shamar John Charles and then Kadar Hallman. So they spent a first, a first, a second, a fifth, and a sixth that corner. And again, have Jair, Stokes, Jackson, Shamar, and Kadar Hallman. All right. Um, at safety, they spent a first round pick and two seventh round picks. That's Darnell Savage, the first round pick, and then Vernon Scott and Tariq Carpenter, the two seventh round picks. Savage, they have not really gotten the ROI on. Carpenter, really nice first year as a special teams guy, primarily with, I think, like a handful of snaps at safety. And then Vernon Scott just never really amounted to anything, unfortunately. And then specialist, a fifth round pick and a seventh round pick on J.K. Scott and Hunter Bradley, both whom which were complete busts. So not great in the special teams category. So that's where they spent their resources by position. That's who they have to show for it. Let's look at this a different way. That's kind of position by position, right? Let's take a look at this round by round. So in the first round, as mentioned, he's had seven first round picks. Here's what he has to show for just his first round picks. Jair Alexander, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Jordan Love, Eric Stokes, Quay Walker, and Devontae Wyatt. So an interesting group of players here, right? Alexander and Gary, two of their absolute best players on the team, two really big picks by Brian Gutekunst. But they also, those are the two that were in the top 20, right? Those are the ones you kind of have to hit on. Not every team does, but those are the, the only times he was picking in the top 20. Did a good job with both of those picks. 
Darnell Savage, he traded up for. That has not gone according to plan so far. Jordan Love is still a complete question mark. Eric Stokes, as we talked about, up and down, good first year, poor second year. We'll see what happens in his third year. Quay Walker, ups and downs as a rookie. Devontae Wyatt didn't play much, but showed some flashes as a rookie. Still TBD on a few of those guys, but right now, Alexander and Gary, really the, the true ones that they have something legitimate to show for it. The other ones, not quite sure yet, and it's going to be uh, probably a little while before we can make a full determination on the rest of that group. Second round picks, Josh Jackson, Elton Jenkins, AJ Dillon, Josh Myers, and Christian Watson. All right, so Jenkins and Watson look like phenomenal draft picks, right? AJ Dillon, good, solid pick. Josh Jackson, total bust. Josh Myers hasn't been going great as of late, but he's at least been a starter and like has some use. I just, I think they need to push him a little bit more. I'm still hopeful they can get more out of Josh Myers, but um, not, not the second year that I think a lot of us were hoping for. In the third round, as we know, third round Green Bay Packers, not great. Oren Burks, Jay Sternberger, Josiah DeGuara, Amari Rogers, Sean Ryan. These are top 100 picks. They had five of them, and the best they have to show for it so far is Josiah DeGuara. Amari Rogers, total bust in Green Bay. Sean Ryan's already been suspended, did nothing in his rookie season. Jay Sternberger was out of town very quickly. Oren Burks was out of town after his first contract. Only Josiah DeGuara to kind of show for it as of right now. A brutal job in the third round as, as, as has been a trend for Green Bay in that round for a while now. Fourth round picks, Jamon Moore, total bust. Royce Newman, like I said, they've at least got some you know, out of him his rookie year, a thousand plus snaps if I remember correctly, but hasn't exactly been good snaps for Royce Newman. And then Romeo Dobbs and Zach Tom look like phenomenal fourth round picks, right? So total bust, got some snaps, but haven't been great in Royce Newman. And then Dobbs and Tom, both really, really good. Fifth round pick, Cole Madison was a bust. J.K. Scott was a bust. MBS, a really nice fifth round pick, but now he's in KC. Kingsley Kiki didn't work out. Kamal Martin didn't work out. TJ Slayton looks like a pretty nice pick. Shamar John Charles has not done anything so far. And Kingsley Inigbare looks like a pretty good pick. So some success in the fifth round, MBS, TJ Slayton, and Kingsley Inigbare, but uh, a lot of busts in that group as well. And as you're going to expect in some of the later rounds, right? Sixth round, EQ, got a couple years out of him, goes to Chicago. Kadar Hallman did nothing, but at least they were able to trade him, I think for like a sixth round pick too, which is crazy. Uh, Dexter Williams didn't turn out. John Runyon Jr., phenomenal sixth-round pick. He's been a really solid starter for the most part for Green Bay. Jake Hansen in the sixth, Simon Stepaniak in the sixth, Cole Van Lannan in the sixth, and then Isaiah McDuffie as well. So McDuffie, solid special teams, depth piece, John Runyon Jr., starting guard. But that's about it. That's all they have to really show for it at that position. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then in the seventh round, James Looney didn't work out. Hunter Bradley didn't work out. No Donerson. Summer's a nice special teams guy for a couple years. Vernon Scott didn't work out. Jonathan Garvin, I don't know. I'm not really giving credit for Jonathan Garvin because he played for a few years and it's just been really, really bad. So not giving really much credit to Jonathan Garvin. Kylan Hill didn't work out. I'm excited about Tariq Carpenter, if nothing more than a special teamer that maybe can get on the field in like a hybrid role moving forward, but he at least showed a little bit last year. Jonathan Ford, complete unknown. Rashid Walker, complete unknown. And Samori Toure showed a few flashes last year, including a long touchdown reception. So maybe Samori Toure can be the one where they get uh, some significant ROI on that position, but it hasn't gone great so far in the seventh round. All right. So in total of all of those, Brian Gutekinds has selected 48 players in the draft in five years. So that's where he's been at, just a little bit under 10 picks per draft. And here is who is still on the roster of those 48 players. There are 26 out of 48, meaning 22 are no longer on the roster. So we're getting close to that 50% mark for Brian Gutekinds, which is probably not great, especially considering that in the last two, or like specifically just in the last year, 11 of his draft picks from just last year are still on the roster. So only 15 out of the previous four years combined. So it's, it's been a little bit dicey, but at quarterback, they have Jordan Love still. At running back, they have A.J. Dillon. At wide receiver, they have Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, and Samore Toure. Tight end, they have Josiah DeGuara. On the offensive, ta- at offensive tackle, they have Zach Tom and Rashid Walker. Interior offensive line, they have Elton Jenkins, John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers, Royce Newman, and Sean Ryan. So quite a few players there still. Uh, Jake Hansen is a free agent. We'll see. They could potentially bring him back on like a minimum deal, which they could potentially have one more than, which would make it 27 out of 48. But right now he's a free agent. Uh, defensive line, TJ Slayton, Devontae Wyatt, and Jonathan Ford. Edge, Rashawn Gary, Jonathan Garvin, and JJ Nigbare. Linebacker, Isaiah McDuffie and Quay Walker. Cornerback, Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, and Shamar John Charles. Safety, Darnell Savage and Tariq Carpenter, and no special teamers left on the roster. So that's who is still on the roster. Again, 26 out of 48 with Jake Hansen, a current free agent. All right, now let's go 2018. They had 11 draft picks. Only one is left on the roster. That is Jair Alexander. In 2019, they had eight draft picks. Only three are left on the roster. Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, and Elton Jenkins, their first three picks in that draft. In 2020, they had nine selections, five of which are still on the roster. Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon, Josiah DeGuara, John Runyon Jr., and Jonathan Garvin. In 2021, they had nine picks. In 2021, just two, not even two years ago yet, they only have six of those players of the nine still on the roster. They've already lost three of those. But Eric Stokes, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, TJ Slayton, Shamar John Charles, and Isaiah McDuffie. And then in 2022, they have all 11 draft picks still on the roster, as mentioned earlier, 
Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, Christian Watson, Sean Ryan, Romeo Dobbs, Zach Tom, JJ Nigbari, Tariq Carpenter, Jonathan Ford, Rashid Walker, and Samore Toure. So one in 2018, three in 19, five in 20, six in 21, 11 in 2022. Their top five picks are Brian Gudikin's top five picks uh, over this time period. I'd have to go Jair Alexander, number one, Rashawn Gary, number two, Elton Jenkins, number three. I'd probably put Christian Watson, number four. And I'd just based on value, I'd probably put John Runyon Jr., number five. If John Runyon Jr. is like your fifth best value so far through five years as your fifth, like it's a little bit dicey, but I mean, Jair, Gary, Jenkins, Watson look like they could have um, a really good core there just based on almost those four alone. So he certainly gets some credit there. Now let's take a look at some of the key trades that Brian Gudikins has made as GM just during draft day. So the Jair Alexander trade and what he did was an absolute masterpiece. So he trades down in the first round and moves way back. I think he had like pick 12 or 14, something like that. And then uh, trades all the way back into like bottom of round one, picks up a future first round pick in the process, then trades a third round pick to get back up in the late teens and selects Jair Alexander, probably the guy they wanted early in the draft. So they give up a third round pick, get Jair Alexander and pick up a future first round pick. That is as good as it possibly gets. You now have two first round picks next year. You get a all pro corner by maneuvering around and you only lose a third round pick this year in the process, which we know get rid of all them third round picks anyway. That is a masterclass by Brian Gudikins. His very first round as GM might be the best thing that he has done as GM of the Packers. So that was gorgeous. Then you have the Oren Burks trade. They trade picks 101 and 147 up to pick one or up to pick 88 to select Oren Burks. That did not turn out at all. So not only did they, you know, utilize a third round pick for Oren Burks, they actually traded another pick to move up in that round to go get him. So that didn't work out. Darnell Savage, they traded picks 30, 114, and 118. So two fourth round picks and a first round pick to go early in the first at pick 21 and take Darnell Savage. That hasn't exactly worked out great as of so far. He's, he's, you know, you're left if they keep him on the roster this year to maybe go out and still prove some things, but hasn't been great overall. Jordan Love trade, we all know. They traded pick 30 and pick 136 to up to move up four spots to select Jordan Love. Now, the players there and things like that, we can argue, as I've said a million times over, pick one, what was it, 136? That's a like a late, late, late fourth round pick. Like it's basically a fifth round pick. I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you're not willing to give up a fifth round, basically a fifth round pick to go get the quarterback that you want, you should not be taking that quarterback because that means you have no uh, real you know, gumption or feel that you should go get that quarterback. Like if you're not willing to give up a borderline fifth round pick to go get your guy at quarterback, you shouldn't be taking him in the first place. So I don't really care that they gave up that pick. It's not as big of a deal to me, but there were a lot of interesting players still on the board at that time. And we still have very little, if any ROI for Jordan Love at this point. Amari Rogers this is one I tweeted out last night. I did not remember this. They traded a fourth round pick, pick 135 
along with pick 92 to move up seven spots to pick 85 to get Amari Rogers, who is no longer on the team. So you want to talk about the Jordan Love trade? They traded pick 136 along with pick 30 to move up to get their quarterback that they had a ton of belief in. They traded pick 135, a pick better, uh, one one slot better than that what they traded for Jordan Love to move up just seven spots in the third round to get Amari Rogers. So just kind of put that in perspective a little bit. Really, really rough deal for Amari Rogers. And then lastly, they traded up picks 53 and 59 last year to pick 34 to get Christian Watson, which so far has worked out really freaking well. Those are the trades. And now last but not least, I went over some of their best hits. These were some key misses. Now I will note here, you can do this with any GM on any team. There's always a player that was picked right behind you that's going to ultimately be really good. But these are five that certainly are going to sting a little bit. So if you don't want to be hurt on a Thursday, turn it off now and um, I'll see you tomorrow, I guess. But some, some ones that sting a little bit in hindsight, they picked Cole Madison at pick 138. Wyatt Teller, pick 166, arguably the best guard in football, was taken, what, 28 picks later? Um, So that stings a little bit. Jay Sternberger, of course, picked one pick ahead of uh, the commander's wide receiver, Terry McLaurin. They picked Sternberger one pick ahead of McLaurin. Uh, They traded up for Jordan Love, as we know. Uh, They had originally picked 30. T. Higgins went at pick 33. Michael Pittman Jr. went at pick 34. Higgins would have been very nice during these playoff runs. We all know the story there. We all know Josh Myers, one pick ahead of Creed Humphrey, quite possibly one of probably the second best center in the NFL right now. Phenomenal player, helped Kansas City win a Super Bowl. Uh, a couple of, well, at least this year, I guess you can give him credit for. But um, yeah, just a phenomenal player. Packers get Josh Myers one pick ahead of him. And then we talked about the Amari Rodgers trade. They not only gave up pick 92 and 135 to go up and get Amari, if they just pick at 92, what, 20 picks later, Amon Ross St. Brown was on the board and instead they moved up to get Amari Rogers. So that stings certainly quite a bit as well. Like I said, there's a lot of rough stuff in here. I think that's just real, right? Every every GM of every team is going to have some hits and misses. Although you go through some of the teams that are currently having some success and they've hit pretty darn well in the draft. For a draft and develop team, for a team that puts so much emphasis on making sure that they are drafting the right players and bringing these up through their system, just transparently, I don't think it's been good enough. I just don't think it has been. But there's been some really good stuff. Jair, Rashawn Gary, Elton Jenkins moving up for Christian Watson, that what he did in the first round to move down, pick up an extra first round pick and still get Jair Alexander. There's been some really good stuff too. But like I said, just transparently, I just don't think this has been good enough yet. And I think it's partly a reason why they are struggling to be a playoff contending football team right now. So that's where things are at. For the most part, I just wanted to present this to you and allow you to come to your own conclusions. Like I said, some of the stuff, not very great. There's nothing you can point to and be like, man, Goot is great at drafting this position or holy cow, they kill the second round. There's been some good hits in just about every round. There's been some decent hits at a lot of different positions, but nothing that you can really point to. And there's been some real struggles in different rounds, the third round to be exact. There's been some struggles with some trades. There's been some struggles in a lot of different areas from a draft standpoint for the Packers. But 
They have a key pick this year, pick 15 overall. He's had two picks in the top 20 as GM. He got Rashawn Gary and Jair Alexander out of it. So that is a very good sign. And hopefully Green Bay can add a real legitimate player to their roster at pick 15. Maybe they move up a little bit. Maybe they move down a little bit. Probably still stay in the top 20. There's a real opportunity for Brian Gutekunst in his sixth draft to hopefully have his best draft yet as GM of the Green Bay Packers. That's going to do it for me today. I will see you tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining me. But until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go.